Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. The countdown to kickoff continues three hours until the Green Bay Packers and the Atlanta Falcons tee it up across the street from us at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. This is the Wait For Tailgate Show. John Frickie alongside former Falcon Harper LaBelle and our Falcons reporter and insider Joe Patrick. Encourage you to come on by, say hi. We're at the Wait For set up with the big 92 on the game truck. You can't miss us here. The tailgate is brought to you by the W Sauce, official sauce of the Falcons tailgate. Bigger, better, bolder, now spicier at WSauce.com. The Packers, a little bit of history, Joe uh, Patrick, uh, come in. They started as the football team of a company called the Acme Packing Company, which is how they got their name, Packers. They were the Acme Packing Company. And on the wall there, the Acme Packing Company in Green Bay, Wisconsin, they had, or just outside of Green Bay, you know, zero, you know, workplace injuries in the last 24 hours. That cannot be said of the Green Bay Packing Company, which is packing a whole bunch of guys that are knocked up. And this will be interesting to see how much it affects them. Yeah, pretty brutal injury list here for for the Packers, especially when you compare it to the Falcons, which I'm sure we'll get to. But I think the bigger the biggest one of all of them is Aaron Jones. The, the this is the team's do everything running back. I'm sure if you're listening and you've got you know somebody in your in your fantasy league's got him and is probably sweating right now because they don't know what to do without him. But if you look at the game that they, play, they played last week against the Bears, especially when you've got a new quarterback in Jordan Love that you're trying to break in, it makes his role all the more important. Aaron Jones's. And if you don't have him, it just changes, I think, the whole dynamic of what you try to do offensively. So it sounds like he's a, a doubt to play. Uh, uh, he's officially listed as questionable, but Adam Schefter has reported that he's unlikely to play. All right, so uh, before you go on with it, I wanted to ask you, Harper, I mean, aren't the Packers kind of in that same situation as the Atlanta Falcons where they do have a the luxury of a one-two punch with A.J. Dillon? Oh, yeah. And I would not risk losing my guy to a six- or seven-week injury yeah. by playing him today if I don't need him to. Because the hamstring thing that you, you, when I saw him score that touchdown, when Jones was at about the 15-yard line, you could see that he put his left hand down, and he was kind of yeah, rubbing yeah, it before yeah, he even crossed yeah. the, the goal line. And I right there, he's done. Now he goes on the sideline. He stretches out. I don't mean done in for the season, right, but it's right, like he, right. he he shouldn't play yeah, for the rest of this ball game. And the thing about that injury is real simple: is is you you feel good, you're walking around okay, but when you give a hundred percent, it can snap like that, and right. and now you're out for you, you you restart your injury to where now it's another. If it took a week to get where you are right now, especially with guys when they start getting older, it just takes longer. So. 
my, my thing for right now is if Schefter says he's doubtful, that to me means he'll dress, but he won't play unless he absolutely has to because there's no reason to risk that. And the Packers did elevate uh, a running back from their practice squad for, yeah. the, for the game today, which they did last week too when Aaron Jones was healthy, so it's not necessarily to say that that means he's not going to play. But, um, again, all indications at this point are that his, his role will be at, at the most limited. Still without, uh, as you looked on that Packer report, Christian Watson. Christian Watson also. Adam Schefter had the same report on him that he's unlikely to play in this one. Also dealing with a hamstring. Christian Watson did not play last week. And then the other big thing with these two players, neither of them have practiced all week. So um, there's not been any limited participation from either of these guys. So uh, And that's a big one, too. That's that's a, He is a home run, take the top off a of defense kind of wide receiver. Wasn't he the guy that Aaron Rodgers goes, dude, catch the ball. I yeah, mean, he, he, was. he was, dropped, yeah. dropped the first yeah. pass last year in the opening game. Yeah. Wide open, drop the pass, and yeah, you know, he's, from, yeah. like you know, tremendous athlete coming from North Dakota State. So not having you know, big jump up to play in the NFL for a player like him, but clearly a guy that you would really need to account for, especially on the back end uh, with this Falcon secondary. Well, and people also that you can't always tell this. So even on HD, the guy's six four. Yeah. yeah, he is a matchup nightmare for most cornerbacks or DBs. Most safeties Plus can cover a guy like that, but. He can fly. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. yeah. He, but but when you get a guy that big, um, to have him out of the lineup, that I mean, everyone else on their lineup, they're six feet, five eleven, five eleven with the running or yeah, the running back positions. But uh, Malik Heath is six two, and then you got to wait till you get into the tight ends before you get other big bodies. That the Falcons have a whole coker sack full of bigger, taller guys. The Packers' defense is bigger and taller than I've ever seen. I'm measuring these guys out, and I go, holy cow, every one of these linebackers is 6'5". Uh, but the Packers' defense took maybe a bit of a hit, too, in a former Georgia star that they drafted very high who had a pick six last week, and yep. is he going to play? He It seems like he is going to play. He was back in practice toward the latter half of, la- of, the, of this week. Uh, I'm quite surprised by that. Like, that shot he took was really big, and it was just a, a very acute thing. Like, we could all see exactly when it happened. It looked to me like he was in a a bit of, like, a, a fencing position, and he was kind of picked up by his teammates and put on his feet, and they kind of, it's almost like they kind of, like, crowd around him and, like, shuffled him yeah, up. get up. Oh, no, bit. I'm not ready to get up. <laughs> get up. Yeah. <laughs> you, have, you don't um, have a choice. But, like, you contrast that with uh, Troy Anderson, who also went into concussion protocol this week, and he's not going to play, and, and there wasn't even a particular play that anybody could identify where something would have happened with Troy and they didn't the team didn't even know on Monday that he was dealing with anything it wasn't until Tuesday where he complained with some symptoms so um, yeah it looks like Quay Walker will play though which is uh, big for that defense what about David Bakhtiari I think he will play he's one of those guys who he's been in the league forever he's one of the best right tackles in forever. the league yeah he's got to be 36 37 years old at least he's 31 yeah. He's it only like thirty. He's, but he, I know, yeah, doesn't yeah. seem like he should be forty? Yeah, he yeah. really does. This is his eleventh year <laughs> yeah. out of uh, University of Colorado. Wow, amazing! So he came into the league quite young. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that he will play. Um, he just seems like one of those guys who he doesn't really kind of need to practice. He can he can yeah. get it suited up. I know that he apparently does not like playing on turf at all, um, which you know is harder on the joints. And and I think that the turf actually helps um, speed rushers. They can actually kind of get some more traction where you talk about the turf not giving that can be a good thing for those speed rushers coming around the end uh, so maybe that could be something that the falcons look to exploit there um with david bakhtiari but i do think he will play uh, you mentioned troy anderson that's the bad news for the atlanta falcons but there is some good news in, in terms of a couple of stars that we might see today joe yeah uh, jeff okuda looks like he'll be at least back in contention to play whether he ends up dressing or making the active roster i think that's probably doubtful but do you think uh, that's a call where he's going to go warm up right now and yeah, if he exactly. feels really good he's going to go I'm, i can do this that's or exact, yeah. or i really don't feel 
very comfortable with this, but there, there, there's an obvious uh, a roster move that needs to be done. That was that's, that's exactly it. They were talking about it. they weren't like shooting for him to necessarily play. They're going to take it day by day. They would work him out this morning and see if he feels like he's ready to go. And the only reason I say that I doubt he will is because we had a very similar situation with. Um, now I'm forgetting his name. Uh, the Fal- Falcons quarterback uh, Mike. Um, well, What's anyway. It? Mike Hughes? Mike Hughes. Hughes. Mike Hughes. Thank you, John. That's Save, save me there. <laughs> but he was in a very similar situation last week. Uh, comes back into limited participation in practice last week, but then doesn't ultimately be on the active roster for the, for the game. I could foresee something similar for Okuda, but you know, that would mean that yeah. I think Hughes would probably be on the active roster today, which is great. How about a joker? Do we have a joker today? I think we do have a joker today. How about that? Yeah, that we do have a joker really, today. Not, like on, a joker. not on the injury report. CP84 out there flying around in all kinds of different places. It's been under-discussed. Under th- this is just my imagination running wild. To have him line up in a slot or in a pistol formation or way out as a, a, a closest to the sideline receiver and coming in motion and doing all these things that a joker would do. It, it, I, I don't have a name for him. But I know he can do everything. Right. He's a Swiss Army knife, and so we're going to have him today. I know he's the fan favorite, and if we see the hair flying around, that's going to be a good sign for Falcons offense. My, my wife just texted me, I'm going to Kroger. Do you need anything? I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> of course I do. In the middle of the pregame show, hon. <laughs> a clock. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Go get the clock. <laughs> The inside, clock that's that I, I keep leaving joke. at the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> inside joke there, folks. That, uh, oh, well, I, well, I, I, I I'll tell the story. Yeah. I said, we don't have a clock on the set. And so I said to my Gotti, hey, can you get us a clock? So he buys us a clock and he goes, I put it in your cubby hole at, at work. And our cubby holes are not like, you know, open cubby holes that you walk by. They're actually inside, you know, cabinets. And I don't ever think to check my cubby hole. <laughs> so, and I left it there again. We got the, the clock. And we we don't, not yet but we don't have use that clock. brand new clock. <laughs> He's like, I bought you the clock. But what we do, <laughs> it'll, it's it'll two do weeks in a row you left it there. <laughs> yeah. uh, one other guy I want to say who was on the Packers uh, injury report is Rashawn Gary. He was is going to play. The reason he's on this injury report is because he's coming back from an ACL injury from last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is having a slow ramp up. Played, I think, 19 snaps last week. So I have to assume he'll play even more this week. And, and you know, he, as much difficulties as the Falcons had against Brian Burns last week, uh, they're going to have just as many with a guy like Rashawn Gary who can actually well, – absolutely terrorize an opposing offense. When he came out of high school, he was the number one rated high school player in the nation yeah, yeah. Uh, at any position as a defensive lineman at Michigan. And when he went there, you know, I mean, he had pretty good year, you know, pretty good career. Oh, Michigan, yeah. You know? I think I he's mean, just being slept on because of the fine. injury. He hasn't been in the news. Um, well, he did well. Uh, he's 6'5". He's 270. He's the fifth year out of Michigan. He's wearing number 52 folks that are watching the game, but also watching number 90. Lucas Van Ness. That, that yeah, kid is yeah. going to be an amazing. He is a... He's a football player. I thought the Falcons might he go after him. He is a football player. Well, we didn't, but, uh, <laughs> you know, that guy, is a, he's a baller. And it's all their linebackers, 6'5", 6'5", 6'4", 6'5", 6'4", 260 pounds. They are big at outside linebacker. And welcome back to Vondre Campbell, who was on our Super Bowl team, who yep. I think his hair is about seven or eight inches longer <laughs> than what it was when we saw him last, but that's okay. Uh, he's having a good good year and, and having an extended career there in Green Bay. Yeah, yeah. one of those guys that you go, boy, I wish we wouldn't have gotten rid of him so yeah. fast. Yeah. No kidding. You know, because they, you know, it was like the choice between Deion Jones and Devondre Campbell at the time, and as it turns out, you can't pay Devondre yeah. would have been the better choice. Consistently productive player, Devondre Campbell, and always just seems to be kind of one of those under-the-radar guys, but really one of those kinds of players who 
kind of brings the whole defense together. I was shocked when I wrote down 6'4", 232. There's no way he's either of those. He's <laughs> 6'6", or at least he looks like it, yeah. and he looks like he's 270 uh, with a small waist. Though. I mean, he's just a big upper body, and he plays big, and he's he's a very, very good football player that we had here in Atlanta, but uh, yep. we, we couldn't pay everybody, and he was one of the casualties. Yep, and, well, and again, the Green Bay Packers come in here uh, looking to go 2-0 and with uh, Jordan Love. And so many questions still for both teams. And, and, you know, it's so interesting because one of the things that happened after the Bears game last week is the national media, Harper, ran with this with the Green Bay Packers. And on those power polls, suddenly the Green Bay Packers popped into the top ten. Hey, they, they got Jordan Love. I mean, is this Packers team a top ten team in the NFL? Are they really that good? Well, we didn't think they'd be even close, right? New quarterback, right. a guy that, you know, he threw for 245 yards. He had three touchdowns. He was only sacked once, so he, I think he did impress. You know, the eyeball test for, you know, first game, but it was against Chicago's defense. So I'm not sure what to say about that. I'm not impressed with Chicago's defense or the way right. that they played there in that first game. So, you know, for right now they are, but will they stay there? You know, is New England going to, or what's Miami going to do? And where do you put the Chargers Ooh. after a bad week? And, and what do you do with the Browns? So I, it's too early for me to, to say that are they a top-10 team, but they were impressive last week against Chicago in many different ways offensively that I didn't think they would be. I, was, I wasn't thinking they were going to score 38 points. Well, the Falcons' bus has just passed us, and both teams are now headed inside. Yeah, we didn't have city. sirens for the Falcons. They no, didn't we didn't. Sirens. We had sirens for the Packers. Yeah, yeah the pa- Packers <laughs> want to let you know they're here. Right, yeah, the Falcons, we, 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 we're just going to slide it under the radar here. <laughs> that's right. You know, that, that's the, one of the interesting things, Joe, too, uh, to, to Harper's point is both of these teams, you, you play teams in the Panther, Panthers and the Bears that didn't give you a real good assessment of where you are. Yeah, yeah, truly. And, you know, I think that that's why there's so many question marks about this game. And if you look at the, the betting markets – Vegas has really swung on this game. I think a lot of it is down to the injuries. We talked about how important Aaron Jones is, but this line opened up with the Packers being one-and-a-half-point favorites coming on the road, which you typically get three points for being the home team, so they had the Packers as a considerably better team. Lines now the Falcons as one-and-a-half-point favorites, so three a three-point swing throughout a week is NFL. a huge, huge swing, swing in the NFL. for uh, an NFL game in Vegas. Yeah, So I think that just shows how, how kind of – indecisive that Vegas is about the actual quality of some of these teams, especially these two teams, with the Falcons having gone up against a rookie quarterback last week and the, the and a new regime in Carolina, as well as the Packers, you know, having a game against the Bears that they seem totally discombobulated. I think there's just still tons of question marks about both. We don't, but John, if we had a younger Matt Ryan still at quarterback, would that be a four-point advantage for the Falcons? Sure. Is there oh, a yeah. lot of people yeah, yeah. that are still yeah. uncertain about Desmond? I yes. think Including us. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 totally, totally. Yeah. We are live outside Mercedes-Benz Stadium. It is the Wade Ford Tailgate Show. John Fricky, Harper LaBelle, and Joe Patrick. Harper and Joe's keys to the game for the Atlanta Falcons. Next, counting down the kickoff on Sports Radio 90 time the game and the Odyssey app. There are a lot of things that we can clean up, we can be better at. Desmond Ritter talking about cleaning stuff up, getting better in week two than they were in week one. Live from outside Mercedes-Benz Stadium, the Wait For Tailgate Show. John Fricky alongside Harper LaBelle and Joe Patrick. Uh, we'll get a little keys to the game today between the Falcons and the Packers. Uh, brought to you by Ticketmaster. Ticketmaster is the official ticket marketplace of the Falcons. 
and the NFL. And tickets might be hard to come by today because of the cheesehead invasion. It might just about happen here today because that's how they kind of roll with the Green Bay Packers. And that will be one of the keys to the game. You talked about it earlier, Harper, about the fact that the Packers uh, fan base runs deep here. And there's a lot of excitement among uh, cheeseheads, uh, and a lot of them live down here. Uh, you know, some will travel, but there are a lot of people from Green Bay and Wisconsin, Wisconsin, who live in the greater, Wisconsin? Atlanta, greater Atlanta area. So yeah. I would imagine you will see, and we are seeing it around the tailgates today with uh, pop-up tents and uh, and jerseys, that the impact of that green and gold. Well, I think Pittsburgh and San Francisco, Cleveland, Buffalo, a little bit with the Raiders. They travel well, but the Packers are up there with them. And then those the Saints, the Houdats, they travel here to Atlanta. They live here. They they come well. They travel too. Um, Both. But you know, which would you rather do? Would you rather spend the four thousand dollars on a season ticket, or would you rather get a hotel room, a plane ticket, rent a car, and have a really nice dinner, and go buy a ticket to go see your team? on the road somewhere else and still have enough money left over to buy a big screen so you can watch all the home games. It's just the way that the, the NFL fan is right well, now. Well, yeah. that's also because of the fact that you can't get season tickets to the Green Bay Packers. Not to the Green Bay right, Packers, right. I agree. Washington Redskins, yes, you can. Uh, commanders? Well, the Redskins to me. Yeah. They'll always be the Redskins. <laughs> it's a Freudian slip. It's, 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 it's the San Diego Chargers, not the L.A. Chargers. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah. Go, go uh, back so, there. Uh, let's get to the, the rhythm question of uh, Desmond Ritter. We certainly not in rhythm in the first half last week. How important is it for him to establish that kind of rhythm? Uh, and getting Drake London involved, we mentioned earlier, Joe, if you're just joining us, Drake London last week, one target. No catches, no yards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it's an interesting one, especially with Drake, because totally agree. They got to get into a better better passing rhythm. I do. I still think that that starts actually with the running game. The running game is going to allow you some some more openings to, to get into a rhythm. I I would also like to see them use Desmond Ritter's legs a little bit early in this game. That again just presents a different option, especially for a big premium edge rusher like Rashawn Gary to have to account for, um, maybe make him move a little bit, but also just give him something to think about so he can't just necessarily pin his ears back and know the spot where Desmond Ritter's going to be throwing the ball from. And then with Drake London, the reason it's interesting is because he's going up against one of the premier corners in this league in Jair Alexander. You couldn't really have a tougher matchup, in my opinion, especially with the kind of receiver that Drake is and the kind of corner that Jair is. He's the kind of guy who can really... Um, match up really well with it with a physical receiver like London. All right, so is it a case where you've got to hit a, a few downfield, or if you do have Harper, uh, the Joker, and Cordero Patterson, you have options like, uh, you know, screens to uh, B. John Robinson, bubble screens to Cordero Patterson, easier throws uh, that allow the maybe keep those Packers uh, defenders back on their heels a little bit. Well, from but John trying had, to come up so fair, he, he know, had so. six receptions right? for 27 yards. Not, uh, right. We... Desmond was 15 for 18, which is a fantastic day. Anybody would say that, but only 115 yards in the air. Yeah. we got to get the ball down the field. Absolutely. Yeah, you guess- cannot win a game at the NFL level. Now, we did. We won the game. I think the defense had a lot to do with it, but you can't do it consistently or else you're picking really high in the draft. Again. You look at how good the Bears' running game was last year. They were number one in rushing, but they were also number one in their pick in the draft. Yeah. They couldn't beat anybody because of that. Yeah, again, I think 63 air yards for Desmond Ritter in the game last week. Just got to be better than that. But Arthur Smith Now, for those said, just joining us, tell me what 63 air yards, 63 what does that mean? Air yards is the amount of the distance the football is traveling past the line of scrimmage in the on, on passes. Before it's completed. Yeah, yeah. On, on completed passes, that's correct. So On 50. 15, uh, 18 on, attempts on yeah, 15 completions. Yeah. Well, I think, one, I think there well, were nine. Went, the first one went backwards. 
Right. Yeah. Well, that was yeah. to him. Yeah. He wanted to start the season by and, throwing to himself. And listen, Arthur Smith said, we'll probably never have another game like this statistically. It's obviously not how this team wants to play. And I think that that's one of the big kind of uh, misunderstandings that I think a lot of people outside of Atlanta have is, a lot of people naturally think this is this is an Arthur Smith football game right here, only throwing for a hundred and something yards, and and you know that's what he wants to do. That is not what he wants to do. That didn't, that game did not go to plan. Uh, and and Arthur Smith would be the first one who said who would say that this now nah, has to change. And, and to your point, Brian Burns and the rest of that. So I'm going to blame the offensive line for not being able to protect. If I'm going to blame somebody, but I'm also going to give credit to Carolina for creating enough havoc in our backfield to where we couldn't throw deep. We didn't have time to do that. We had to dump it off. And we had the running game open up because of that. Tyler Algier, thank you for getting your 75 yards. But key to my game is uh, if the offensive line can give him protection so that we can go downfield. And, yeah, we're going to have a few incompletions, but we got to make the attempt. The Raiders used to have a motto when Al Davis was running the team, managing general partner at least three times a game we're going deep to cliff brancher to to uh Belitnikoff. at least three times a game that's daryl lamonica that's george blanda that's ken stabler and that's everybody ever since then that's their philosophy we didn't go deep at, well we, we went to kyle late but that was once we got to go deep and we have to do it consistently i'm, I'm glad you brought up pitts because that's the, the, what i the last thing i wanted to mention while we're talking about the passing attack i thought it was really interesting the way that pitts was used especially where he was lined up in formations he was only used as an inline tight end on eight on eight snaps in the game. He was lined up in the slot, thirteen snaps, and out wide as the wide receiver, ten snaps. So he was actually used as the as the tight end, kind of the least in the game. I think it shows the the, the various kind of, of ways that Arthur Smith wants to use Pitts, and especially when they're dressing four tight ends in well, a game. Here's a newsflash: Kyle's not a great blocker, and he can run and he can catch. He's with the best in the league. So I'm going to line him up in the slot because that's <laughs> yeah, what he can do. Exactly. We can smell the W sauce from here because mm-hmm. we got tailgates going uh, outside Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Uh, w sauce, the official sauce at the tailgate, bigger, better, bolder, now spicier at wsauce.com. Some of the keys to the game with John Fricky and Harper Labelle. And Joe Patrick and Harper, I look at the Falcons' defense here, and Jordan Love, I, I still don't know a lot about Jordan Love. Is he going to be that third quarterback in a row for the Green Bay Packers that's going to be a 15-year starter, or is he going to be a guy that uh, you know the, that you can rattle, especially you know in his second start as an NFL quarterback? Well, I'm going to say the front office in Green Bay is agreeing with you that, yep, we, we cleared some space, including a locker that used to be with number 12, so that he would be the guy. Um, he's the heir apparent, and with 240 yards passing last week and a very good first look against the Chicago Bear defense, he was impressive. Um, how's Nielsen going to stop that, our defensive coordinator? I, I think he's seen enough film. And, again, we talked about this a little bit earlier. I think the communication between the front seven and then the back seven, when you look at the linebackers and their responsibilities to put pressure on the quarterback but yet not have to every play and then get back into coverage with the secondary and their ability to do it much faster and quicker than what they did last week, I think that'll be a key absolutely for the Falcons. You know, we talked about the adjustments they made at halftime last week, you know, on offense. There were adjustments on defense, and they they started, you know, getting pressure more, uh, especially it seemed up the middle, uh, you know, and doing different things for Ryan Nielsen. Uh, you know, it gave the Packers a lot more to look at here. So who on that defensive line has got to perform? I mean, if you don't have a John Abraham, if you don't have 
that style of a guy that can just get it on his own. How do you how do you combo a tag team this to put pressure on Jordan Love? Well, I think that you know Calais Campbell kind of put his hands up this week and said that you know I I, I, I missed some plays. I I could have been better in that game, and so I think that he's one that you would look to, especially as a guy who's you know veteran in this league has been around forever who you will hope will 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 step up and be able to improve from week one to week two um i think it'll be interesting to see how much they actually do pressure jordan love because what this falcons team has done typically the last couple years and of course we're under a different kind of defensive regime this year but they showed it last week is that with an inexperienced quarterback they kind of want to let him let him try to throw against seven seven guys you know seven guys in coverage Uh, make him really be precise in the passing game and then if they you know if he is accurate then you can start to adjust and bring some pressures and things like that the team did not show as many kinds of simulated pressures and things that i thought that they would do to try to you know mess with bryce young's um, head before the snap and i think one of the reasons for that is because the team plays in so much man coverage it's hard to really kind of get yourself out of position because you're not going to then drop back into zones harper you said something earlier about how these uh, guys want to get theirs and in terms of you know what they saw from jesse bates last week do you expect that the falcons corners are going to try to jump routes here and try and get uh, get one that they could maybe take back to the house certain situations on third and short when you get a six yard out route you might be able to do that but it it comes with the pressure if Calais, and, and there's a couple of times where he just put his hand up, yeah, and I, I yeah. realized that Bryce was five. He's five nine, right? And he had to he had to literally, literally adjust his throw on a couple of occasions, not every one of them. And because the Falcons were rotating, that was something that it didn't happen a lot. But when it did happen, it was pretty interesting when you see that Calais is huge. But who else is going to ante up and say, "Who I'm going to get mine"? You got Grady. Grady's the man right now, mm-hmm. and if Grady gets one-on-one because uh, Onyemata is going one-on-one, man, I've been, I'm, I've been waiting for years, and I'm sure yep. Grady has as well for that matchup. So hopefully up the middle, the pressure will force Love to, to, to go out, and he can scramble. He's got some legs, and he's very good at throwing um, on the move. So it'll be interesting to see if we want him to do that or if we want to keep him in his spot in, in the pocket. Uh, that that that. And- that film work uh, is going to be key. Do you force him to the boundary on short fields, or do you force him to run to the left and throw across his body? Well, that's the thing that I'm interested to see. I, I don't know how Ryan Nielsen's thinking on this necessarily, but Jordan Love certainly is a guy who can hurt you with his legs. And so do you want him kind of moving out of the pocket at all? Or, or would you rather have him just sitting in the pocket um, and having to make decisions where he could then turn the ball over. And if he does go out of the pocket, does Lorenzo get another sack, or right. do you get to both? I mean, there's there's options that didn't work against Carolina early, but when you started moving them around, that's when the pressure from the other guys seemed to mix very well for the Falcon defense. Yeah, that, that primary defensive line that we were seeing was a lot of, it was Calais Campbell, Brady Jarrett, David Onyemata, and Bud Dupree, and I do wonder if maybe Lorenzo Carter might be a better option than Bud Dupree with that with that that unit because he offers you a little bit more mobility along the defensive line, a little bit different characteristics in the pass rush than Bud Dupree gives you, who's does more this, of a, a power this, rusher. Yeah, doesn't Zach Harrison offer that too? Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see. We'll see if they if they make any adjustments on the, these rotations that they've been making, which we've been talking about are like hockey lines, where you'll have a whole group of them that basically stay together for the game, and they'll come in and out in, in, in groups. Is this where Caden Ellis shines, Harper? I hope so, yeah. Yeah. It's a big moment for him. Absolutely. Without Troy Anderson, yep. you know, you're going to be can asking. I, can I say something about, uh, you know, so it, it appears that uh, Nate Lamb is going to be the, the, the linebacker who comes in for Troy Anderson, and I do wonder if 
that might actually help Atlanta in the run game, which was a problem area for this defense last week. They gave up a lot of rushing yards to Miles Sanders and Chubba Hubbard. But um, Nate Lamon is a guy who's been playing linebacker for a lot more time in his life than, than Troy Anderson has, and he might have some more of those natural you know, linebacker instincts to do some of these simple things in the run fits. But what, what you really miss with not having Troy Anderson is all the ways that he can cover. He can cover tight ends. He can cover running backs. And that allows you to be a lot more creative on the back end with what you do with these coverages. The thing about Caden that I really enjoyed is I watched him with Troy and a couple other guys while you're picking up bodies at the end of a play, and he's kind of talking to him like, hey, uh, you may have over-pursued here, or that, that was a great job you did. Little things like that that add up over the year where you just build a confidence and a trust with your teammate because you know what they're thinking and, and you get the job done better. Top of the hour, the network pregame show, Mike Johnson, and, of course, our guys, Chris Coforth and Mike Johnson, will carry you to the kickoff of the Atlanta Falcons and the Green Bay Packers on Sports Radio 90. Very, very satisfying. You know, uh, you know, when the offense scores points off of turnovers, that's huge. That, that, that definitely uh, you know, makes us want to get more turnovers, you know. And so it's a, it's a, it's a great game of football, you know, uh, you know, when you get turnovers and you get points off turnovers, you're probably going to win a lot of ballgames. Class Campbell, you got to get those turnovers here as, as we count down to kick off of the Atlanta Falcons and the Green Bay Packers at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, the Wait For Tailgate Show. And Class is going to be doing some WWE wrestling with a voice like that. Yeah. Let me tell you something, brother. <laughs> it's going to be fantastic. Uh, it is get used be. to him, Atlanta fans, because he is going to make a difference here. He's already putting a high degree of pressure on himself. Hey, I, I, uh, I messed up, and I should have put yeah. I love that, his maturity level, but uh, he, he's a star in the making here in Atlanta. Yeah, so as you, you look at the turnover battle, uh, you know, the Atlanta Falcons forcing turnovers have not been, Joe, over the last few years very successful at doing that yet. Here you have Jesse Bates, yep. and he's out there getting uh, Defensive Player of the Week at the NFC for those, uh, for those uh, you know, turnovers that he caused, the picks that he did and the fumble that he forced. It uh, can't all be on one guy. Sure. Uh, and uh, it, those turnovers made a big difference in the game last week. Matter of fact, they turned the game last week. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, they, yeah, they, it was a game-changing kind of performance from Jesse Bates, but I also think that it's what I think we uh, expected, at least you know, a lot of us who have been following this closely and what this Falcons defense is going to be this year. It's going to be a, a stark contrast to the kind of defense that we've seen under Dean Pease that played a lot of zone, a lot of cover three, a lot of sitting back and letting teams work the work up the field against them and just not giving up the chunk plays. We didn't see the Falcons give up many big chunk plays last week, although I do think that that might be kind of something that bites them from time to time. But the trade-off is that you're going to be creating a lot more plays for yourself, which we certainly saw last week. We saw how important those can be because while the offense was sputtering, um, you took the lead despite Devin Ritter having thrown for negative yardage in the game. And that was because you were setting, you know, these turnovers were setting the team up in positions where they could just go ahead and be in the red zone and score. How important is Jesse Bates' departure from Cincinnati to the Bengals? Oh, yeah, I mean, I was Yeah, look at last week, yeah. Yeah. And and, and let's let's flip that around here. I mean, there's a lot of criticism from fans of Desmond Ritter. He's only had five NFL starts. But one of the things we've seen in those five NFL starts is, while he's been cautious with the ball, Harbury's been cautious with the ball. And so as a result, he has not forced things. He has not forced, you know, turnovers. He has not put his team in a position where they are, you know, kind of, you know, working from behind or playing from behind on the field because he hasn't forced the ball downfield into difficult spots. He takes easier shots. I understand that. But there's something to be said for, hey, listen, whatever you do, don't lose the game. 
Exactly. And, and I'll be a critic for right at the moment. Hey, he doesn't throw for 275 yards, which is what you need to do in the NFL. Okay, what else? Is there anything else? Because he doesn't have any turnovers. He may not have as many touchdowns as you want, but what else do you not like about this young man? He was 15 for 18. His completion percentage is as high as you could get anybody at this level. He's just not throwing for a lot of yards. But he's winning, right? We were 2-2 two and two last year with him, and we first time in six years, whatever, Falcons are 1-0. and uh, If that's your only problem with him, I, I, I can deal with that. Now, it's a real problem, and it needs to be solved. we got to go deeper, and I want to get Matt Collins more involved, and I want Drake and Cordero. I want all of them to be involved. There aren't enough footballs to have everybody be happy, but you know, if we get if we get that taken care of, not just today, but you know, throughout the season where we're a deep threat as much as we are a short threat, sky's the limit. For you know, I always love this at the beginning of the year, and I caution fans during one of my shows, Joe. Matter of fact, did it multiple times on the air that this whole narrative about the Falcons have the easiest schedule in the NFL. Well, they played one week, and after one week. You look at the next three opponents, the Green Bay Packers, the Detroit Lions, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and all three are ranked in someone's yeah. top ten. Yeah. yeah, There's nothing easy about any games, but go right ahead, John, and tell me, yeah, the Green Bay, <laughs> that's easy. I mean, tell me what about that schedule is easy. It's a great litmus test for the Falcons. I mean, we're going to see exactly kind of what they're made of and how they stack up against some of these teams. I think it's going to be very interesting to see, uh, you know, when they play against these teams like Detroit and Jacksonville and, and, and obviously in the game today, you know, I think that they're – great test because I, I do think they will you know face some easier games than down the road when they get the texans and the, and the commanders but uh yeah i mean i think that the, this is a t- tough test and if you can come out of this first four games of the season at two and two or or maybe even three and one then you're then you're setting yourself up for for a really great season what concerns you the most today harper when you look at this matchup what the Green Bay Packers can do to the Atlanta Falcons. Well, the initial, if you're talking about the passing game, is if we can't throw and then we can't run, because they're pretty good against the, the run the Packers are. But, you know, our offensive line has really made their bread and butter over the past three years of being able to, to run the ball against just about anybody. Last year against, I think, when we played the Chargers, they had two defensive linemen that were out. I think there were three defensive linemen out for the 49ers. There were two or three against the Browns, and we ran handily against all of them because I think they were weaker up front. We exposed that. I don't know what we're going to expose today. Uh, The injuries, mostly offensively, for the Packers. I hope that our matchup against from our receivers against their secondary isn't as daunting as as Joe made it look just uh, a few (laughs) minutes ago. But um, if Drake is being covered then i want to go to mac or i want to go to kyle or i want to go to cordero or Bijan. i think that the ability to go to that second level if that doesn't prove to be a a good result i'm worried about the team what concerns you most joe patrick about this game and this matchup well yeah i think what concerns me most i don't know if it's matchup specific but i think it's for the falcons in general is we talk about desmond ritter needing to to push the ball downfield a little bit more who are going to be those Falcons pass catchers who are stretching the field? I would like to see Scotty Miller maybe play some more snaps. Not necessarily because you're going to throw it to him on all those snaps, but he at least gives you that speed element that the opposing team is going to have to take account for that could then open up some more gaps for some of these pass catchers. Because for as much as we want to give Kyle Pitts a credit for his amazing athleticism, which he does have, 
he is still more like when you're at least comparing him to other receivers. He's not a burner. He's a he's a physical guy who can make plays like he did last week on that great catch at the end of the game, where even when he's got a guy you know kind of draped on him in man coverage, he can make a catch. But he's not taking the top off of some of these other defenses, and obviously Drake London isn't either. So I think that that's something that the Falcons still need to just figure out how they're going to make that happen for themselves. Real quick to follow up, I agree, but I disagree. And here's why I'm saying: if you put Scotty Miller in, and just to look. If, if the, the the coaches up in the booth are going, oh, Scotty could have been open on that play, but you don't get it to him mm-hmm. and you don't throw it to him, then the Packers defense will know they're not going to go deep right, on us. Right, right, right. And so we don't have to we don't have to open up our our uh, secondary and our coverage uh, plan because we know the Falcons aren't going to be able to go deep. I think my concern is the start of the game. Uh, I, I think we all kind of look at this Falcons team and say by week 14, week 15, that they may be a handful. It kind of all comes together for them, and, and we'll see what the Falcons are down the stretch run here with a more experienced Ritter, a defense that's been in sync for a number of games. But this Packers team, despite the fact that Jordan Love is only making his second start as a veteran team, Matt LaFleur's been around for a while now. Of course, we knew him here in Atlanta as the quarterback coach here for the Falcons back in the Super Bowl year. And, of course, I think that the beginning of the game, how did the Falcons handle you know, having to play from behind? Should Green yeah. Bay get a couple of scores in the first quarter, for example? Suddenly it's a 14 nothing game. How do you handle you know, that kind of adversity at home with a 50-50 crowd or whatever it's going to be? And how do you respond? Because they were not in that position last week, Joe. Right. They were, right. They, I mean, they, Carolina played well early, but they were never like down 14. Yeah. And, and just with the way that the roster is constructed, with the quarterback that you have, you're just you're not you don't want to be playing from a lot of negative game scripts and obviously that's you know you could say that for any team like no team wants to be playing from behind but ultimately you are going to find yourselves in some bad positions in games throughout the season whether that happens today or sometime down the road how capable will the falcons be of pulling themselves out of the, those positions to to get themselves back into ball games you don't want to have that feeling as a team where and I'm not you feel like to, if you go down by 10 points then you're just going to lose the game right i'm not trying to put bad mojo on him i'm just curious how they would react yeah. to something like there's that. no one that's going to put bad mojo on him if his name is john fricky that's not going to happen <laughs> the game was scoreless at the end of the first the game was tied at seven at the halftime right right so it was a close game all throughout it was it, it it was it was a bite your fingernail type of scenario up until the turnovers and then the Falcons get a short field. Let me ask you from a Green Bay perspective: How worried are you as a Packer fan about what Detroit and Minnesota are going to provide this year? I think Detroit's for real. I really do. Which is why I think this being a road game in conference, it was going to really matter to them. Also, from a Packers perspective, I'm concerned about Thunder and Lightning. Can we contain these guys? Because the Falcons' running game, that one-two punch is some serious kind of serious. Absolutely. Right. Quick break here as we continue counting down again. Top of the hour, Mike Johnson, Chris Goforth, Network pregame show, Wes and Dave on the call of the game. Kickoff at 1, live on your home with the Falcons. Sports Radio 90 time the game. 1 o'clock kickoff today. Packers come in at 1-0, and the Falcons at 1-0, and and let's go uh, kind of round the room here with Harper LaBelle and Joe Patrick. Harper, you get a bat first here. Tell me what's going to happen today, Harper. Who do you like, and why do you like him? One of the great quotes of all time that I tease with some of my friends is Bill Belichick answering a tough question with on to Cincinnati. It's just on to Cincinnati. We're going to move on and not worry about this. One of the great quotes from a Packer was, relax. Remember when Aaron Rodgers said, relax. In other words, I got this. I don't know if Jordan Love can say, relax, I've got this. 
Aaron Rodgers in this building, yeah, he could say it. He had some great wins here in Atlanta, playoff victories. He wasn't afraid. I'm not sure how Jordan Love is going to be able to do today. I know a lot of Packer fans are wondering as well, will this building be intimidating to him, and will the team that he goes against will be something that he hasn't seen before where he looks out of place? That's that's what I'm looking to see today. I think the Falcons' offense will look a lot more competent I think the numbers aren't going to be eye-popping. I think they're going to be similar to the things that we've seen like down the stretch of last year under Desmond Ritter, but I don't think that people will come away feeling as like they did about the offense last week as they did this week. I've got the Falcons winning a close one, 23-20-ish. What about you, John? Yeah, I like the Falcons today for, for the reasons that you kind of described here. Jordan Love fared and handled uh, Soldier Field uh, very well last week, but I, I think that was more the Bears just really being incompetent and sort of melting down. I think this Falcons team has its feet underneath it, and I think they'll disguise coverages. I think they'll get more turnovers. I think they'll force things. I can see them forcing Jordan Love into mistakes today, and this Falcons team taking advantage of that. I, I think the game plan that worked last week of forcing Bryce Young into mistakes will be in play today. Joe? One jersey, you want me to buy it. Former Packer, great. You get one choice. I'll buy you the For jersey. Me? Who is it, Joe? Got to be Reggie White, the get best, out. the best Green Bay Packer of all time. How about you, John? You're of all time. Of now, all time. All time. I, I, I'm, I'm not. I, I don't. I'm not. I don't like the Packers. I'm not buying a Packers jersey. <laughs> I'm buying <laughs> it for you. Would you? Which? which who Taking would you wear? Any jersey if they're giving Paul Horning. Only because really? I, I used to, only because I used to work with Paul. <laughs> Did you really? Oh yeah, he was, you were working with the Golden Boy. Oh uh, yeah, when I was here at TBS at, at Turner Broadcasting, and I heard the Golden uh, Boy liked to tip. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Harrison's on Peachtree back in the day. Yeah, Paul owned the owned the bar. <laughs> Interesting combination there. Well, Paul, number five. He turned, he turned the lights off at night. Yeah, uh, if he remembered to or was awake to. Hey, go birds today, guys. Go birds. Go if birds. you're at the Dome tonight, make right. some noise. Red helmets today. It's a red helmet Sunday. As we continue counting down the kickoff between the Falcons and the Packers, stand by for the network pregame show. Our, my thanks to Joe Patrick, Jersey Mike, Noel, and everybody, Noel White, and, of course, to Harper LaBelle on Sports Radio 90. John again. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 